Hey everybody, this is uh, Jordan, Crohn's Veteran. Welcome to the Crohn's Veteran Podcast. I am joined with, uh, by my two amazing co-hosts, CJ Cabrera and Renika Wood. How are you guys doing today? Fine, how are you? All right. Doing well, doing well. And, uh, and today we are, we are uh, grateful and honored to have uh, our guest, Leanna, today uh, with us. Um, how, how are you doing today? Hey everybody. Doing good. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> there's, a little, there's, a little, there's a little bit of feedback there, but it's okay. And so, um, but yeah, so, um, well, again, again, welcome in, you know, and, and, and first things first, you know, for the people out there that don't know who you are, um, would you mind, you know, sharing, you know, sharing your, uh, your story with Crohn's? Of course. Um, so it's been a long time. I was born in California. Um, me and my parents moved to Puerto Rico, um, in 2001, towards the end. Um, when we had gotten there, I was showing a lot of symptoms, but it took, you know, fast forward six months of like going to doctors and saying, what was this? It might be this, it might be that. Um, I think one day, uh, my mom took me to the ER and was like, I'm not going to let, you know, to go before she's diagnosed with something because it had gotten so bad. Like I didn't want to eat. That's how bad it got in. And I was telling CJ I was diagnosed in Puerto Rico, and it, it was an experience. I woke up in the middle of the colonoscopy. Um, oh, no. It, yes. <clears throat> I, it was very traumatic. I, I remember uh, waking up and feeling so much pain in my stomach, and I was trying to hold. They were like, don't touch it. It's going to, like, pop, basically. <laughs> and so they, I guess they put more anesthesia or whatever the case may be, and I went down, and um they were like, yeah, you have Crohn's. And this is back in 2002. Like, this wasn't even on the radar of anything. Um, and there wasn't even much on there. And my mom was like, what, what's, what do we do? What is this? And they were like, the, we don't know much. But, you know, she has to go on this extreme diet. And she has to take steroids. And Or if you don't want to take the steroids, there's this new medication that hit the market about a year ago called Remicade. And my mom was like, so anti, like, well, no, I'm not going to, you know, put her on um, a biologic that just came onto the market or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So then I was officially diagnosed, but it was, it was rough, like 10 years old. And the diet that they gave me was gluten-free, wheat-free, like everything free. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember I couldn't even have vinegar and, and couldn't have dairy, couldn't have just anything with wheat or gluten in it, which is, I mean, you look at everything you consume and it's and like, it, it, has, it has wheat yeah. and gluten in it. Yeah, it's everything. You're like, wait, what? Can I drink water? No. So I remember the only thing that I could have was um, basically vegetables, like obviously steamed, not raw, rice, potatoes, meat, salads. And, I, and it was mm. so sad because I remember as a little kid going to these parties, having pizza and mm. all this other things. And I had to bring my own food mm. um, so that I was able to eat. I had to bring my own food into restaurants um, so that they could prepare something that I can actually have. Because I remember only having to have the gluten-free potatoes. Like I couldn't even have regular potatoes because they had to be, uh, I was all that. Um, and thank God, like fast forward four years, I came back to the States. Um, but this time it was to the DC area. And that was a culture shock in itself, because you're talking about someone from California. Um, so, you know, diverse, like melting pot, everything, bam to Puerto Rico. Um, technically, like I grew up 
um, with my Puerto Rican family. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm also mixed with German. And even though we're, you know, from the culture, it's, it's totally, you know, East and West, like totally different um, than what you expected, which was, uh, again, you know, hindsight, a blessing, but the healthcare system over there, we didn't know how bad it was uh, until, you know, we got here and it was just crazy because they, I went to John Hopkins, thank God, mm. that was a blessing. John Hopkins Pediatrics, shout out to them. To this day, I cannot get the best experience, you know, with my disease until um, then. Um, I don't know if you guys heard uh, Dr. Maria, uh, Olivia Hemker. Um, she was actually like my primary, which was cool to say, and mm -hmm. I still love her to this day. Um, and she, you know, had a consultation and she's like, oh my God, <laughs> what do you mean they have you on um, Asical and what was it, Medrol and all these other things for three years? Mm -hmm. um, because I was so young, they were very concerned that I was on steroids for that long. Um, that there was going to be like growth issues or some stunt of some kind or even with my bones. So I got a bone density right away. And thank God everything fine. Yep. Um, but they immediately took me off. They immediately said, you know, there's no correlation that we can find between diet and um, actually causing the disease, not so much triggering it, but causing it. Yes, you're going to have triggers. Um, but that like totally blew my life because I went from having nothing to like now eating everything in sight um and funny enough dairy didn't affect me like I was not lactose intolerant mm. um yeah ever and when they finally put me on Remicade that was my first medication coming to the states I was on remission for five years like it it was miraculous and I loved it because you only have to go every other month you don't have to inject yourself like someone else is doing it and I had very little side effects like it was just oh you know um aches and pains and joint pain and maybe headaches here and there but it was never significant side effects mm -hmm. to the point where you know I was like oh no I'm not gonna be on this and I think, so thank God I was in, through middle school, through high school, I was in remission. I would have hiccups here and there, but it was nothing that a little nice. bit of diet or a little bit of water, a little bit of exercise couldn't help. But then I had my first surgery in 2010 and it wasn't an emergency. It wasn't like you need to have this. We, you, you need to have it like within the year, but it wasn't like a concern. And the only reason... Um, Hopkins wanted to do that was because there was so much scar tissue and so much damage throughout what I think at that point was 2002, eight years to, to 2010, yeah. like eight years of damage from all these inflammations that they're like, we need to cut it. <laughs> so they, they yeah. cut the ileum out because that at that time, that's where all my active um, disease was at the ileum. So they cut it out. And the actual surgery was great. Like, I was like, this is it. I was walking that night. I was like, um, I was like, this is great. And they sent me like home, what, I think a day later. Oh, wow. Um, because I was, yeah, it was, it was easy peasy. I was like, mm. I could do this again if I need be. But, but no, no, I joke. But what happened? It was fine until a week later where I guess um, they did very old school. I think they did like staples or, or some like, it looked very like <laughs> archaic. And 
it, it started getting infected. And that was crazy. It was like, uh, I don't know if you ever had it. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. It was almost yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I can speak firsthand because I had my ileum removed also, and I had the same staples all the way down the front of my stomach also. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I got infected, and I had to go to the ER, and they actually had to open um, like almost halfway of the incision, mm. and they're like, we're not going to close it up. And I was like, me and my mom looked at each other like, what do you mean you're not going to close it up? They're like, if we close it up, this is going to happen again. There's Because there's so much layers between the skin and the fat and to where your sac is, where your intestines hold to everything, that it's just going to happen again. So we're just going to have it naturally healed. So 2010 was the senior year of my high school, and it was a bad in the middle, like we're two months away from graduating. And I had to go back with basically a hole in my abdomen. So that was mm. a whole experience in itself. Um, but thank God it actually healed. And it, and, and it was an experience. It was very impactful on my men. You know, like as, as females, you want to wear the two-piece, especially at your 18 years old and all that stuff. But then you have this, you know, vertical scar just like right there and unfortunately because the way it healed there was just like a, a big chunk it li- it almost looked like it had two belly buttons mm. and but eventually with the support of my family you know got pushed pushed forward and all that remission until um I was like you know what I'm gonna I want to go to art school I don't know if I I don't know why they did that I was like I want to go to graphic design and be in art school let me go back to my homeland to California to where it all started and and be with my family and because it's been so long away from them so I went and that was the time that well it's still the end of 2010 but the big salmonella outbreak in the eggs hit Mm-hmm. And guess who was that one person <laughs> who, yes, that one person who got salmon of poisoning. Oh, no. And, and, but we didn't know, like, we ate probably on a, a Sunday. And because I was already kind of in a flare, I didn't really know the differences until, right. like, every, like, day after day after day, it got worse. But again, I was due for my Remicade infusion. And I, I knew I had a little bit of flare. So I was like, oh, this is just the flare getting worse. Um, but I remember just having fever and sweating and all that stuff. Again, same symptoms as current abdominal pain and all that wonderful stuff. And I ended up passing out in the shower twice. And cra- crazy experience when it fell. We finally got to the ER and after tests and tests, they were like, well, one, your blood count is like, I don't know how you're still walking. I don't know how you're still up because it's like zero. It's, it's almost depleted. Like you have been losing blood internally, like for a while now. And I was like, what? (laughs) And, and, and then they finally um, hit me with the salmonella um, diagnosis, but it took, I don't know why the testing took so long. And for some reason, um, I bring that experience up because it triggered my disease so bad that even months later that I finally was salmonella free and all that stuff, I was still not doing good, like at all. I was like a stick, like very white, 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 pale, um, had no energy to do anything, just wanted to sleep. And so they, I guess, took another look 
into me because it was another time where I was like, no, I, you guys have to find something. And I think my doctor took one look at me or like, we're going to admit you. And finally, through all the, the colonoscopy and the tests and all that stuff, they were like, we need to do another surgery. Like your transverse colon is so shot that it's just like, no good. We need to do it. The scariest part of that was, you know, you put your trust in doctors and their knowledge and things like that. But um, I had a horrible experience um, with one doctor because he said that basically he's like, you know, surgery is not going to cure anything. It's not going to be your saving grace. And I was just like, you think I want. So basically he was insinuating that I wanted surgery and that I wanted this was going to be my cure. And I was just like, no, who wants surgery? Like, who wants to go through that pain? Like, I'm actually going through something you get. And now finally, a tests are saying that um, it's no good. But I think they wanted to save my intestines so much that mm. they they wanted to kind of, I don't know. It was, I was getting, you know, I had three doctors on the team. So one doctor was just gave me that pep talk by him, like one-on-one -on -one saying, you basically, this is not going to be your cure. Like, why, why do you want to be here to the other doctors? was like, you know what, you really need this. So it was kind of confusing and experience in itself there. Um, but the surgeon, what scared me about that one's the surgeon was like, I don't know if you're going to wake up with a bag or not. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, we can't like, we could see so much on MRI. We could see so much on a CT scan, but we don't really know what it looks like until we like dive in there and I go inch by inch by inch by inch of the intestines to see what's good versus what's not good and he's like and the way that the colon is like it goes on um, the ascendant transverse descendant colon like the way it's going I don't know if I can hook it up like it's not meant to hook up it's meant to go boop, boop, boop. it's not meant to go hook up like this like right. I don't know if I could do it and I was like oh my god Sorry, I got that's a question. The, yeah the, no of course was the, was the surgery the jape J pouch or no well he th no the surgery was meant to just um re like take out sections of my colon but what he was saying because of the way that the colon is like physically like actually set up he didn't know if he could connect it and it would work I don't that's what he told I was like okay and he was again I was like what 18 years old at that point he was probably probably using layman terms with me <laughs> um but I didn't Again, I was like, but you hear that? That was the first time I ever heard that someone might give me a bag. And I think that's the one thing with someone with no bag is like, that's your fear because you know. It is. You, yeah, you, your life turns upside down the minute that you got Crohn's or you were diagnosed with it, right? Like you, you go through like the stages of grief almost because it's like you're saying goodbye to the to life you once. Now it's going to be totally different. But for someone to tell you, oh no, it's not going to be like way different from that. And I was like, <laughs> this is already good it is. I don't need anything else. And again, at 18 years old, that, that's pretty, like, mentally impactful. So. Yeah, well, but, yeah, well, yeah, well thank you for that, you know, story. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, a lot of folks, it's really interesting hearing you tell your story just because, I, you know, how much I personally can relate to a lot of it. And so, you know, so, you know, so thank you for that. And I know that uh, Renika has something on her mind that she wanted, she wanted to ask you, too. Oh, yes. Please, definitely. I know you mentioned um, something you said at the very end of your conversation. You mentioned about the stages of grief. Um, when I first did my podcast over here with Crohn's Veteran, I did actually a um, 
a podcast about the stages of grief and losing, uh, grieving my old self from prior to me having Crohn's and having all these difficult surgeries and having these, the difficult transition of making a decision of me wanting to get better or me wanting to get worse. And when you mentioned the stage of grief, because I actually did have to have a uh, surgery, have a, a leukoscopy, and where I was very, um, I was against the surgery for like a year, but each yeah. day I was getting significantly worse and worse and worse and worse. So I think that when come down to, and this is a big part of my life now, down to uh, getting the ileostomy or colostomy, the thing that we focus on mostly is how would I be affected by this? How would my quality of life improve? Or what would people view, how, how would I be viewed amongst people around me? But I can say this to you, once I got my surgery, my quality of life significantly improved. I had to get out of my own head and remove how I mm -hmm. thought people would perceive me as if it was me perceiving them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So right. back in the day, they had that old schools that, that I saw one guy hit a bad about this big. I was like, oh my God, I would never do that. I was young. But now yeah, man, yeah. technology is so advanced these days, man, the bag about this big, man. It's just so, it's just awesome. But I do understand you say that grief part is big because I went through that a lot. And it can be very, very, very scary. Being a female as well can be, can be very scary. So um, just I want to thank you for sharing that part because it, it really hit home to me. I was like, oh, I think I was going to No, yeah. And I was telling CJ, because I was 10 years old, diagnosed, you would think that I, I could tell you all and the, all the tips and tricks. but And, and I could some, but I, I grew up with horrible habits. And a lot of it was mental. Like, um, and when I say horrible habits, I, again, my parents didn't, did the best they could. We had only a little bit of knowledge, no support, no one that we knew with, with anything even coming close to this. Right. So my mom had this mentality. It's like, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. So suck it up. And uh, uh, so that was, uh, and two, it was always, uh, don't tell anybody about it. And in, in those couple things, like, to this day, stick with me. And, and, and but it's horrible. And I was like, wait, why, why not tell anybody? Like, why am I ashamed of this? I'm not. This is, you know, something different. But this is a part, you know? And, right. and the whole, you know, suck it up thing is, like, <laughs> I have tough love kind of deal. But it's not healthy. Like, no, so I yeah. learned all these health not healthy habits like not to the point where I hide it so well I'm a master I can have I could be having a pain right now and you wouldn't know it and um now I don't tell people until it's like really like bad I'm like okay now it's bad but it's a horrible habit you shouldn't hide it and you shouldn't be suffering alone you know <laughs> yeah well thank you for yeah thank you for sharing that because you know that sounds wow this is this is good this is really really interesting talking to you I mean you know because I I think about myself and, you know, I, I hide my, my stuff, you know, really well too. I've been in so many situations, you know, uh, you know, at jobs and stuff and do to where, you know, just customer facing and all these things and my own family, well, at, at jobs, you know, you know, people just, you know, nobody cares. You have to cover it up. You know, you, you got to talk. And then, you know, I actually told my job maybe that, that, you know, that I had Crohn's. I did, I did all the stuff with the ADA. Like I got an accommodation and like, I don't know, eight months later, I'm out of a job, you know, you know, doing that. And then I think, you know, and then my, and then, and then my, my parents, you know, I was diagnosed when I was 14. And so like, and, and so, um, I, and then I had that my surgery and then uh, after that, I was kind of, you know, symptom free. And so I kind of felt like, I think everybody just kind of forgot, 
that you know that that I had Crohn's until you know. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes <laughs> I forget. Like mm. I think when I'm an actual remit, like it took so long, and in the last two years, not so much. But when I was in years of remission, mm -hmm. I forgot. I'm like, oh, I, I'm normal. I could do normal things. I can eat everything I want, and then it starts hitting you, and you're like, wait, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Or you're trying to like outrun your friend. You're like, whoa, my my spine is on fire and my stomach feels like it come, wants to come out. Um, so I forgot. Right. <laughs> so you forget kind of yourself until you're like, no. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jordan. No, 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 Rita, go ahead. Okay. What I was going to say was that this just shows us how um, important it is to have a strong mental health. Because when our mental health is weak or when it's always, um, I'm going to say, it's always challenged, we tend to challenge ourselves and we can be in pain and be so afraid to share because of our own um, insecurities. I know for me personally, I'm thinking to myself as I say this, I went out with friends this weekend, um, some friends who I didn't know. I knew one person out of a bunch of about 14 or 15. And the goal was I had a great time. But my mind still was like, what happens if I go to the restroom, I have to change, whatever. Do I do this? In it? Do I say stop the bus and go? Like, I had the insecurity in my head, but the same token, I had to get out of my own head. Even me now, I have a difficult time sharing certain things, but I've learned that the more open I am, someone can help me versus I can help myself because my secrets can keep me sick. Like, yeah. man, like, you know, I felt like the only time I called 911 is when I'm in, laid out, I can't get up. <laughs> right. But I did that one time. <laughs> and when I got to the hospital, he said, he had my blood drawn. He said, oh, Miss Wood, you better go ahead and get comfortable. You got to go home no time soon. I said, I got, it is Super Bowl weekend. I got to go watch the game. <laughs> I was in the hospital for 10 days. I had every kind of infection you can name. I went in and got out. Um, I think I got went in. I was in there all through Valentine's Day. I mean, I was there for like 10 days because I thought that I would get better. I was getting worse and worse. Blood low, anemia, anemia, potassium low, calcium low, dehydration, vitamin deficiency, blood in stool, blood. In, I mean, I was about 15 pounds. It was crazy because I was so afraid to share because I felt like I was always, I was a sick one, you know, but. Be very mindful that if you feel, don't feel a certain way, don't wait to the last minute. Like, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. And, and, sh and don't be afraid to share because you afraid. know they won't know exactly. Yeah. And I'm so glad. I think I was saying I, I haven't reached out to like the IBD community um, until like the last couple of years, and it's like opened my mind. Like, oh mm -hmm. my god! First of all, there's people who know. Like, right. you know, you know, I don't have to explain to you. I don't have to be like, no, this is how it works and do a little chart. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I don't have to explain, no, this is how it feels. Like, you don't understand. Um, mm. And it's been helping my confidence. And, and like you said, like, you can't care what people think. <laughs> you know, some people think yeah. you just got to be yourself and do best with what's healthy for your mind and for your body. Um, cause they're all interconnected cause going back to mental health, like our, <laughs> not only mental health, but I feel like stress, it all has to do with it. It triggers it the disease too. And I think that's what I'm struggling with now 
because I'm I'm trying to be normal and do all these stuff and kind of spread myself thin and trying to like push my, I'm I'm so guilty of pushing myself um mm. to to my limits and be like what can I do physically and then I get, I get hit <laughs> and then the the stress of normal life plus Crohn's life plus this it triggers it even more and right. I'm like <laughs> I can. Do, I think. I, I think you're. You know. You're talking to. You know. A friendly crowd over here about that. Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I actually had a little episode dealing with stress this weekend. Like, um, at the end of the night, I was coming home from a party, and then all the stress went straight to my stomach. And as soon as I got home, it was just pain, and it triggered other symptoms, and I started bleeding. Started bleeding a lot. And then the next day, I was out of commission. I was literally asleep all day. I didn't probably drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was freaking fatigued out of my mind. It's scary. Stress, it's stress scary. is a real thing, man. It is. It is. It you know. Is. And, and so I mean, yeah. So I mean, so that's you know, kind of Crohn's veteran. One of our biggest pushes is mindfulness. You know, and just you know, just you know the. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just making sure that even if you're trying to take care of your, you know, your physical problems and stuff like that, but you know, trying to make sure that your mental is good. You know, and and that's you know, just having problems. You know, just having mental issues with Crohn's is so common, and I think that uh, that part of the awareness needs to be pushed out. I know a lot more, just in just letting people know that um, you know, having a stomachache or worrying about you know going to the hospital again, um, you know, that can just do a number on you. It's still, you know, even me too. Like I, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, to me. You know, pitting out positivity and being positive is an intentional act when you have, you know, these kind of conditions and stuff. And so, yeah, so bravo to you. So, you know, for just, you know, being, you know, positive yourself, Leanne, I appreciate it too. I, and I was, yeah, yeah, thank you for that. I think that's one of the things that I definitely have learned with Crohn's. It's, it's taught you don't take the little things for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, life is so fragile. And, you know, they're, they're, it's made me feel even grateful because I hear other stories and I'm like, I thought I was bad. Like, because again, I've met a couple of people in, in my life, you know, five second degree of separation or how they call it. But I thought I was like, no, because my doctor's like, you have an aggressive form and you have to do this until I met other people. And I was like, wow, like you have to be grateful. And now you have other family and friends that you can connect to that's definitely one of the biggest reach out don't be afraid it's social media you know just text or anything like that and it's i don't think if i didn't have Crohn's, i would meet people from like the uk and ireland and canada and and you're just like whoa i'm really not alone (laughs) because you feel alone in your own bubble maybe because you have no one that knows it your family says they understand but they don't understand yeah. or or you might going through your struggles but you're not alone in it definitely reach out and if you're feeling anything that that's the moment that you reach out to them exactly and for guys as well like we have to do a better job at you know handling our emotions even showing it you know like a lot of us like to keep it down and um yep. till it explodes. internalize it yeah until it, it blows up <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and so yeah so there's no there's no shame you know and you know and seeing a therapist if you're a guy or a girl or any of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff you know that's why you know like we we have a, a good friend named george uh and so you know and he uh he told us that you know the three things with crohn's or ibd is um you know finding a good therapist you know finding a good diet and finding a love and finding a love for cooking and so and, yeah and so 
And so he said those those three things will help you. But um, but with that, but with that, uh, Leanna, um, I think we're gonna wrap things up here a little bit. Um, so uh, how can people find you? And, uh, and, uh, and also, um, is there anything you know, any last thoughts you know that you'd like to share with you know with the people out there? And yeah, and and how can people find you and all those kind of good things? Um, definitely on Instagram at uh, Life and Leanna G. Um, and I'm again like start sharing because I think the thing that I, I'm those horrible habits that I've learned is that when you don't you don't share like that confidence on mental thing I'll definitely start to impact you because I think the picture that I actually showed my scar on social media was mm -hmm. so liberating and I'm like why didn't I show this like years ago and yeah. and not be not hide it and be proud of it and because not a lot of people can say that they deal with this and they're still positive and they're still going and they still you know even though we have our days but it <laughs> there will always be a remission out there for us right. and this scar <laughs> do mean you are a warrior and you've been through something because right when they say um most uh warriors get battle wounds what did they say? Yeah. yeah. And you know, back in the day, we're talking about tribal days, they actually, like, were proud of their scars. They're yeah, like, look at my scar, look what I did. Some people yeah. brand themselves, too. Yeah. So we really have to change that in 2020, be proud of those flaws, because that, right. you know, beauty is imperfection. I, <laughs> I, I, I agree, yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I just posted like you know, yeah, like my scar yesterday or something. I mean, I was kind of it's it's it's, 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 it's really funny. It, it, it's 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 so funny that she's saying this stuff because I'm like, wow, you know, because like I have like two pictures out of like you know 108 like 90 some things they you know post on Instagram. But I got like one or two of my, of my actual scars, so you know, I got to do that more too, you know, because you know people don't know what you don't you know what you don't show type thing. So, exactly because they don't see it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well. Well. Cool. Well. You know. For, well. For everybody. Well. Again. Thank you very much for your time. You know, thank, we, oh, thank you. Thanks, finally meet you. Yeah, we, we, we oh, I know, finally meet you, Todd. Right, right. Um, yeah, for, for anybody out there that wants to, you know, check out this episode, you know, we're we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this will be on YouTube also. Um, you can check out our website at www.cronesveteran.com. We have an awesome um, merch store at Teespring. We're on Twitch, uh, Chill Ghost, all kind of fun things. We have, we actually. Um, we're doing a tournament also, uh, yeah. you know, for, uh, for, for esports Madden. So, you know, so get your sticks out, all that. And so, um, but we appreciate again, your time, Leanna and, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thank you guys. Yeah. You too. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.